0: SECTION two of Old Rail Fence Corners This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Denise Nordell Old Rail Fence Corners Edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris Mrs. Missouri Rose Pratt, 1843 In 1842 my father was going to the Wisconsin Pineries to work, so mother and we children went along to keep house for him we came from dubuque to lake pepin mr fernell from the camp had heard there were white people coming so he came with an ox team down the tote road to meet us and our baggage and take us to camp we found a large log house which we thought most complete we lived there that winter and mr fernell and some others boarded with us a romance was started there the next spring we took our household goods in a cabin built on a raft "'floated down to Nauvoo and sold the lumber to the Mormons. "'Joseph Smith was a smart speaker,' mother said, "'when she responded to the invitation to hear the Prophet of the Most High God preach. "'The children of these people were the raggedest I have ever seen. "'Mr. Furnell had his raft lashed to ours and sold his lumber to them, too. "'We went to St. Paul on the otter. Mr. Furnell went with us. "'When mother saw Pig's Eye, as St. Paul was then called, she did not like it at all. "'She thought it was so much more lonesome than the Pineries.' She begged to go back, but father loved a new country. On landing we climbed up a steep path. We found only six houses there. One was Jackson's. He kept a store in part of it. In the kitchen he had three barrels of liquor with spigots in them. The Jacksons were very kind and allowed us to live in their warehouse, which was about halfway down the bluff. We only slept their nights, for we were afraid to cook in a place with powder stored in it, the way that had, so we cooked outside.' My sister Caroline had light hair, very, very blue eyes, and a lovely complexion. The Indians were crazy about her. It was her fairness they loved. She was engaged to Mr. Fernell and wore his ring. The Indian braves used to ask her for this and for a lock of her hair to braid in with theirs, but of course she would never let them have it. She was afraid of them. The interpreter told her to be careful and never let them get a lock of her hair, for if they did and braided it in with theirs they would think she belonged to them. One day when she was alone in the warehouse an Indian came in his canoe and sat around watching her. When he saw she was alone he grabbed her and tried to cut off some of her hair with his big knife. She eluded him by motioning to cut it off herself, but instead ran shrieking to father at Jackson's. He came with a big cudgel but the Indian had gone in his canoe. In the election of 43 in St. Paul every man there got drunk even if they had never drunk before and many of them had not. Early in the evening Mr. August Larpenter came into Mrs. Jackson's kitchen to get a drink of liquor. He was a very young man. She said, "'August, where's the other men?' just as he was turning the spigot in the barrel. He tried to look up and tell her, but lost his balance and fell over backward while the liquor ran over the floor. Then he laughed and laughed and told her where they were. We built a cabin a few miles out of town. Our nearest neighbours were the denoyers, who kept a halfway house in a three-roomed log cabin." their bar was in the kitchen besides this there was a scantily furnished sitting-room and bedroom mrs de Neuer was a warm-hearted irish woman when she had not been drinking but her warm heart never had much chance to show they bought their liquors at jackson's our house was made from logs hewed flat with a broad axe my father was a wonder at hewing the axe was eight inches wide and had a crooked hickory handle some men marked where they were to hew but father had such a good eye that he could hew straight without a mark the cracks were filled with blue clay. For windows we had chinkins of wood. Our bark roof was made by laying one piece of bark over another, kind of like shingles. Our floor was of puncheons. This was much better than the bark floors many people had. I used to take much pleasure in watching and hearing the Red River carts come squawking along. They were piled high with furs. The French half-breed drivers would slouch along by them. It seemed as if the small, rough-coated oxen just wandered along the trail sometimes a cow would be used i once saw one of these cows with a buffalo calf it seemed to be hers was this the first cattle loo? when i was nine years old my father sent me to the spring for a pail of water i was returning with it hurrying along as father had just called to me to come quick when i was surrounded by a band of sioux warriors on their way to shakopee to a scalp dance They demanded the water but i would not let them have it and kept snatching it away it tickled them very much to see that i was not afraid they called to the chief little crow and he too ordered me to give it to them but i said no my father wants this you can't have it at this the chief laughed and said tonka squaw meaning brave woman and they left they had on everything fancy that an indian could paint and war bonnets and feathers They always wore every fancy thing they had to a dance, but in actual war they were unpainted and almost naked. The first soldiers I saw in 1843 were from Fort Snelling. They had blue uniforms with lots of brass buttons and a large blue cap with a leather bridle that they used to wear over the top. Their caps were wide on top and high. The soldiers used to come to Denoyer's to dinner so as to have a change. Mrs. Denoyer was a good cook if she could stay sober long enough. We had split bottom chairs made out of hickory and brooms made by splitting it very fine, too. These were all the brooms we had in forty-three. Our hickory brooms were round, but Mr. Fresnel made a flat one for my sister. Once when Father was roofing our house a storm was coming and he was very anxious to get the shakes on before it came. We had had a bark roof that was awful leaky. Some Indians came along on the other side of the river and made motions that he should come and get them with his boat, the Red Rover. He sometimes ferried the soldiers over as he did not answer or get off the house they fired several shots at him the bullets spattered all around him he got down from the house and shot at them several times after that my mother was always afraid that they would come and shoot us when father was not home i have seen indians run from jackson's at the sight of a soldier they were afraid of them always my father brought some beautiful pieces of red morocco to minnesota and the last piece of shoemaking he did was to make that into little shoes for me they had low heels such as the children have to-day my sister was married the first day of january in forty-four we lived on the main road between st paul and st anthony it just poured all day so that none of the guests could come to the wedding mr jackson did get there on horseback to marry them but mrs jackson had to stay at home The bride, who was a beautiful girl, wore a Delaine dress of light and dark blue with a large white lace fichu. Her shoes were of blue cloth to match and had six buttons. She wore white kid gloves and white stockings. Her bonnet was flat, with roses at the sides and a cape of blue lute string. The strings were the same. Wasn't she stylish for a girl who was married New Year's Day in 1844? The wedding dinner was fish, cranberry sauce, and bread and butter. One day a lot of Sioux Indians who were on their way to fight the Chippewas borrowed my sister's wash-tub to mix the paint in for painting them up. They got their colored clay from the Badlands. They were going to have a dance. Hole in the day used to stay all night with us. He always seemed to be a friend of the whites. When the Indians first came to the house they used to smoke the peace pipe with us, but later they never did. Bears and wolves were very plentiful. We had an outdoor summer kitchen where we kept a barrel of pork one night a bear got in there and made such an awful noise that we thought the indians were on a rampage we often saw timber wolves about the house they would come right up to the door and often followed my father home a frenchwoman by the name of mrs Traverse lived near us she came from little canada her husband bought some dried apples as a treat and she served them just as they were poor thing she was very young when her baby came and she used to get wildly homesick one day she started to walk to little canada carrying her baby a cold rain came on and she was drenched when she was only halfway there she took cold and died in a few weeks from quick consumption strange how so many who had it east came here and were cured while she got it here in the spring when the wheat was sprouting the wild ducks and geese would light in the field and pull it all up they would seize the little sprouts and jerk the seeds up they came by battalions i have seen the fields covered with them they made a terrible noise when rising in the air i have seen the sun darkened by the countless myriads of pigeons coming in the spring they would be talking to each other making ready to build their nests in the woods nothing else could be heard we had one pair of almost unbroken steers and a yoke of old staid oxen the only way my father could drive the steers was to tie ropes to their horns and then jump in the wagon and let them go they would run for miles i was always afraid of them they were apt to stampede and make trouble in finding them if there was a bad storm One evening my father was away, and a bad storm approached. I took the ropes and told Mother I was going to tie the oxen. She begged me not to, as she feared they would hurt me. I had a scheme. I opened the front gate, and as they came through the partly opened gate, threw the ropes over them and quickly tied them in the barn. The old oxen, I got in without any trouble. I tied them and went to reach in behind one to close the barn door and bolt it. He was scared and kicked out, knocking me with his shod hoof. I did not get my breath for a long time. The cock of the iron shoe was left sticking in the barn door. Some drovers stayed near us with a large drove of cattle in forty-five or forty-six. They were on their way to the Red River of the North Country. We kept the cattle in our yard and used to milk them. I picked out a cow for Mr. L'Aprentur to buy, as I had milked them and knew which gave the richest milk. He put her in a poorly fenced barnyard. She was homesick and bellowed terribly. The herd started on and was gone two days when she broke out and followed them, and the Larpenters never saw her again. They had paid thirty dollars for her. I was very anxious to see the falls of St. Anthony, so in the summer of 1844 my brother borrowed an old Red River cart and an old horse from Mr. Francis, who lived in St. Anthony. He drove it over to our house in the evening. The next day, Sunday, we put a board in for a seat, and all three climbed into it. We drove over and saw the falls, which roared so we could hear them a long way off, and were high and grand. We did not see a person either going or coming the six miles, although we're on what was called the main road. The French people always kissed all the ladies on the cheek on New Year's Day when they made calls. In the early day Irvine built a new house of red brick. A little boy, Alfred Furnell, took a hatchet and went out to play— he got to hewing things and finally hewed a piece about a foot long out of the corner of that red brick house making it look very queer his father asked him who did it unlike george washington he could tell a lie and said a little nigger boy did it his father tended to the only little boy that was near regardless of color once there was a sunday-school convention in st paul when lunch was called, Mister Cressy, the minister, said, "Now we will go out and have refreshments provided by the young girls who will wait on us. May God bless them. The young men catch them and the devil miss them." They used to call my sister-in-law Sweet Adeline Pratt. End of section two. Recording by Denise Nordell of Modesto, California.